episode number 214. Hello, hello. You're listening to the Career Changemaker podcast. Having the courage to leave a career that you have worked hard to build and try something else can be tough. So in each episode, we dive into key career change strategies so that you have a clear understanding of what is required to transition into a new role or a new industry without feeling like you have to start at the bottom or have to take a massive pay cut because hashtag ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) If you are ready for frank and honest discussions about how to become a career change maker, keep listening. I'm your host, lawyer turned career strategist and executive coach, Janine Esbrand. Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing? I am excited because I'm always excited when I come on and have these career conversations with you. But I'm even more excited today because I am kicking off a series that I'm going to be running this month around visibility. I have seen from the clients that I've worked with that those who are intentional and strategic about their visibility and how they can go about being more visible in the right places are the ones who get the best results. And so I want to talk about being visible this month. I'm going to go into the how, the why, the when and all of that over the course of this month. So I'm going to be doing a number of different live streams on different topics. So if you're not following me already, make sure that you're following me over on LinkedIn and on Instagram so that you can keep up with us as we go through this series. And I have a group on LinkedIn called the Career Change Maker Community. Join that because I will be posting in there when I'm going to be going live for each of the sessions. So for today, we're going to be talking about how my career grew when I stopped hiding in plain sight. So let's talk a little bit about my story. (laughs) So I'm going to share a bit about my background. So when I first started out in my legal career, many years ago now, I was just really happy to have secured a contract, secured a training contract. So in order to qualify here in the UK, you have to secure a training contract, which is a two-year placement within a law firm. And once I had secured that, and I started working in the law firm, I had this moment of, oh my gosh, like, are we actually doing this? Am I actually working as a lawyer in a law firm? I've been wanting this for so long. I'm finally here. And so I was really, really cognizant of what was acceptable and what I should be doing and how I should be showing up. And I really wanted to fit in. I wanted to fit in. I wanted to be amongst the trainees who were doing good work. And I didn't really want to stand out because in my mind, standing out often had negative connotations. So as somebody who grew up in an area that um, where there weren't many people that looked like me, um, I was I was always the other. I was always um, different. And because I was different, I used to try and make sure that there weren't other ways that I was different. So, you know, if I'm a black girl amongst everyone who who doesn't look like me, obviously that's a difference, but there's other things that I could control, right? I can't control that, but there's other things that I could control. So I would always want to be making sure that I wasn't standing out for the wrong reasons because then that's just more opportunity for people to have something to say, for there to be conversations that may feel uncomfortable. And so I would make sure that I was that good student and I had my head down and I was doing my work and I wasn't standing out for the wrong reasons. That was kind of, you know, early days school life. But that mindset 
followed me as I moved into the law firm. It's like, okay, you're still one of the minorities here. Like you want to be known for the right things. You don't want to be known for the wrong things. So therefore you just focus on fitting in, blending in and doing what everyone else is doing. So that's how it started for me when I started my training contract. I was very much just trying to navigate my way through and figure out what is what what does it look like to be a lawyer and how should I be showing up as a junior lawyer? As time went on, what I realized, though, was that I was different in many ways from the other trainees who joined at the same time as me. My journey to becoming a lawyer wasn't as linear as many of them. So for many people, it's you go to university and then you go to law school. While you're at law school or while you're at university, you secure your training contract. And so when you're finished, you're able to just go straight into it. I didn't have that experience. I had been applying year after year and I wasn't getting anywhere. I'd applied three times, um, three rounds of applications, and I hadn't secured a training contract. And if you want to hear more about that whole story, check out my TEDx talk, because I talk about it in the TED talk as to how I went from not getting any applications to actually securing one. But because I had gone through that process, while I was trying to secure my training contracts, I was also working. So I knew that I didn't want to waste time uh, as I was waiting. And so I looked at ways that I could gain experience. One of those ways was to go to New York and do an internship. So I worked at a law firm in New York for a year. I gained that internship and then I came back and I started law school and I did law school part time while I worked as an insolvency examiner so that I could get experience with case management. And then I moved from there and I worked for SEMA, which is an accounting body, so I could continue to work on my skills around case management. So I have been gaining all of that experience up and until I started my training contract. Many of the trainees that were in my cohort had just gone from law school straight into this as their first place of work. And so I remember speaking to one of my peers and they were talking to me about how nervous they felt about answering the phone. And I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, the phone rang. I didn't know what to do. And I was like, you just answer the phone and say, you know, hi, this is a law firm. How can I help? Um, And they were just taken aback by like how, you know, I was just like, obviously you do that. But it's because I've been working for a number of years before becoming a trainee. And so I'd already been through those milestones of not really feeling confident with speaking to people and not really understanding office politics and all of that. And so when I realized that that was a difference, I, I, I started to lean into the fact that I had a level of experience that other people didn't have. And so I started sharing a bit about what it is that I've done in the past with my um, supervisor or with the lawyer that I was assisting. And when people started to realize that I had this skill set, some things started shifting. And I had the opportunity in my first year of my training contract, which isn't normal. Like normally you would have it in your second year. I had the opportunity to go on to comment. So I did one seat, one six month stint in one seat. And then I moved into my second seat, which was a secondment. The only reason why the firm allowed me to go and do that and represent the firm at a big bank in London is because of my prior experience. So that was the first time that I realized that actually sharing what it is that you've done and allowing yourself to be seen beyond just your physical presence was a value add. Because them understanding my experience and my background meant that they could put me forward for this opportunity. And then I was able to go and sit in an in-house legal team within a bank in the second seat of my training contract. So I, I, I realized that 
it doesn't necessarily have to be the case that you showing up and you sharing and you being more visible is going to lead to something negative. So before I had the connotation of standing out could mean something negative. And I had to shift my thinking around that to say, okay, but what is my goal here? Where is it that I'm trying to get to? And what is it that I want to do? And recognize that I can be strategic and I can be intentional about making sure that I'm seen and heard by the right people. So that's kind of the background. And that's part, partly why I have created a coaching program and a coaching business that is really supporting women with understanding what it is they have to bring to the table and with what they have to bring to the table, sharing it in the right places, because that's what moves the needle. So many times when I speak to people and they say, you know, I've been passed up for promotion time and time again, or I would love to go and move into this type of role, but I have no idea how I would transition into that. It's because people are stuck in the, I just need to do the work. I just need to do the work and somebody will notice me. If I do the work, I will get acknowledged at some point, but that isn't it. That isn't all that you need to do. It's like you need to do the work, but then there also needs to be a a, a parallel um, focus of being visible around the work that you're doing and the contribution that you're able to make. So like the way that I, I, I support clients is to help them to see what they uniquely do and then help them to be able to articulate the value of that. Because it's one thing to be able to say, oh, you should be articulating your value. You should be more visible. But oftentimes people don't know what that actually means. (laughs) What does that actually mean to articulate my value and to be more visible? How do I articulate my value? Well, before you can articulate, you have to recognize it. Before you can articulate, you have to recognize it. So knowing what you bring to the table is so, so important. And what I've seen, particularly among the women that I work with, is that people overlook stuff like a lot of stuff. They overlook the importance, the magnitude, the relevance of what it is that they've done. So sometimes it's like, well, that comes easy to me. I just did this thing or I just worked with this client and I got all of this amazing praise. I got all this amazing feedback. But then you're not recognizing what that actually means, though. Like if you've worked with that client and you've delivered on a project on time but on budget and you've helped them to achieve their goal, what what does that translate into in terms of value? Take the time to do that because we can just be like, okay, I I have this project to do. I have this thing to do. I'm doing it. I I finish it. I move on without taking the time to recognize the value. And if you don't recognize the value, how can you talk about it to somebody else? Okay, so that's the the first thing that I want to really highlight. Like you need to be able to articulate the value, but you need to know what the value is so that you can then share it. When it came to me moving away from being a lawyer into becoming a coach, there was another transition piece for me around reestablishing, okay, how it is I want people to see me. So as a lawyer, it was like, at first I want to blend in. And then I recognized that it's good to stand out and it's good to to do that so that you can get on, on new deals so that you can be invited to new opportunities. And I got that. I understood that I was a lawyer for 10 years. So I navigated my way through on the corporate side of things. When I moved into entrepreneurship, there was like a, there was like a, a whole different relearning that needed to happen because 
I needed to figure out like what other guardrails, like what 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 are the parameters? Because in in a corporate setting, it's very clear this is how things are done. This is how things have always been done. And so you can go in and you can assess and then you can just try and fit in. When I moved into entrepreneurship, it's like, well, there's lots of different ways that we can do this. And so I was started looking to my left and looking to my right and saying, okay, how how are coaches, how are speakers, how are people showing up? And 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 so what do I need to do? Right. So it was almost like going all the way back to how I felt when I was a trainee. And what I found is I was showing up. Right. I was doing the things that I was told I need to do. So like I need to go and share on social media and I need to network at events and I need to go and do all of these things. And I was doing the things I do the things. But there's a difference between showing up physically and fully showing up. So there's a difference between like, okay, I'm going to go and do the things that I know I need to do and you actually fully bringing yourself to the table. Um, And I think for a lot of us, we can feel as though we're doing what we need to do, particularly like in the workplace. We're doing what we need to do and I'm showing up and I'm doing my job. But my question is, are you showing up though? Like, are you actually showing up? Who are you? How do you like to do things? What are your preferences? Are you bringing those to the fore? Are you talking about what your preferences are? Are you communicating that? Like, I am a very, I would say, goofy person at times. I love to laugh. I love to giggle. I love um, connecting with people. I love building relationships. For a long time, I didn't bring that to the workplace. For a long time, I didn't bring that to the workplace because it wasn't professional. And for a long time, I didn't necessarily bring it to my marketing Because it's like, well, you know, I need to show up and I need to do these things. And it wasn't until I started to really lean into my personality and my ability to build rapport with people and my ability to build relationships that I realized that developing in my career could be easier. When I did that as a lawyer, I was able to connect with people, clients, with colleagues, with peers that helped me to get across the line quicker when I'm working on a corporate transaction if you're good with people there's lots of moving parts on a corporate transaction if you're able to lean into your ability to build relationships with stakeholders and key people you're going to get the job done quicker and before I didn't recognize that at first I was kind of like okay well I just need to send the email because everyone says send the email so I'm going to send the email and they're going to wait for them to come back to me they haven't come back to me weeks later I'm going to send the follow-up email After a while, I was like, why don't I just call them? Or better more, why don't I just go downstairs to their desk and have a conversation? Um, And so recognizing that I I wasn't scared to do that. There's many people that don't like to have those kind of interactions, but I do. And the more I I was able to lean into that, the more I recognized that, yeah, this works. Like, I'm just going to speak to people because it gets the job done, right? Um, And so leaning into, okay, how, how do I like to do things? And doing that was helpful in a corporate setting. Me leaning into who I am as a person has been helpful as a business owner because the more I show up as me and the more I'm just like, yeah, this is this is who I am. I know how I can help you. I know that I, how I can support you. And this is like how I like to do it. And this is my approach. The more I've attracted some amazing clients. Like, and when I say amazing, I mean very aligned clients. So if I show up, and people can see me for who I actually am, then I'm going to attract opportunities that are aligned. Where there's a disconnect is if you're showing up as one type of person and you're showing up how you think you should be showing up. This happens in interviews too. I'm showing up and I'm saying what I think they want me to hear. Then sometimes that means that you're putting forward 
what you think they want, which isn't actually what it is. And then you're attracting an opportunity that isn't best for you. It's like, okay, let me go to the interview. What do they want me to say? What do they want to hear? I'm going to say those things. But then, like, have you asked questions about the organization? Like, are you sure that there's alignment between what this role requires of you and your values? If you're not able to fully stand in who you are as a person, then you can't expect that the opportunities that you're going to attract are aligned to who you are as a person. And so it is important that you recognize that being visible is not just about showing up. It's not just about sitting at your desk doing your work. It's not just about sitting in an interview and answering questions. It's not just about being online or being in a space where you're marketing yourself. It's not just about being there. It's about how are you actually showing up and what are you communicating? Because the more you're able to lean into who you are, If you want to hear from more changemakers who have expertly navigated the world of work, I recommend you listen to Fixable, a podcast from TED. No matter where you are in your career, host Harvard professor Francis Fry and leadership coach Anne Morris can help you tackle your biggest work problems, from dealing with a gaslighting boss to navigating a soulless job. Their conversations with master fixers and call-in listeners will provide you with honest, practical advice on how to quickly navigate pressing work issues. Find Fixable wherever you get your podcasts. The easier it's going to be to attract the opportunities that you actually want, that you actually want, not what you should want, but what you actually want. And I know that there can sometimes be some resistance around that and there's some like fear around, oh, like, do I really want to put myself out there fully? But if you don't, then it's a lot harder for you to get to where it is you're trying to get to. So my thing is hiding in plain sight is really about you being there, but not really being there. It's like I'm here. There's a version of me that's here. The mask is here. But like, who, who are you really, though? And when you start leaning into that, what happens is people are drawn to that. Like when when you have a level of confidence around who you are as a person and awareness around how you like to do things and you're able to communicate that with other people, people are often taken aback of like, oh, she's sure of herself or like she seems to like have it all together. And the reason is like not everyone does that. So when you see someone who is who feels comfortable in who they are, what they bring to the table and they're able to clearly talk about it there's a difference there there's a difference there that you notice and there's something about that that is magnetic there's something about that where people are drawn to it and they're like oh I want to know more about this person um and so I want you to really be thinking about how am I showing up and where what am I holding back like what am I holding back in terms of who I am and what I can actually bring to the table Early in your career, like blending in may have seemed like it should be the focus, but at the more and more you grow and the more and more you develop and the more and more you aspire to grow and, and, and move into um, leadership positions, you need to think about how am I actually differentiating myself? Like in the corporate world, like being able to differentiate yourself is the difference between you being booked as the, the company that an organization wants to work with or not, or like you being the associate or the individual that a client says they want to, they want to work with again, like 
being different is good. <laughs> being different is good. So it's not about trying to blend in. I remember like when I was actually trying to land my training contract, I was filling in applications in the way that everyone fills them in and just hoping for the best. And I remember deciding that this particular firm was the firm that I wanted to train with. Like I'd gone to their open day, I'd done a vacation scheme with them, I'd spent some time with them and I was like, I really want this. Like I really want this. Am I just going to follow the process that has been laid out or could I do something to stand out? And it was around the time that Apple Macs had just come out and they was AIM was the app that you could use to, to record videos. And I remember thinking, well, what if I, I know that if I can just get in front of them and I can speak to them, then they're going to be like, yeah, let's 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 take this further but I just need to get that opportunity and so I submitted my application and then I did my research and I found out who the hiring manager was gonna who the hiring manager was for the the graduate uh scheme process and I recorded a video I recorded a video it was if I look at it now it was like very very low tech like at the time I thought it was brilliant now I'd cringe but I recorded a video and I talked about me, my background, my experience. Um, and I recorded it on like a, a DVD disc and I mailed it to her and I emailed her and I said, you know, I'm going through this process. I really, really want to work for this firm. Um, could you spare three minutes to like watch this? And she watched it. Um, I ended up landing the role. I didn't ever ask her, like, is it that that made me land the role? But what I do know is that she received it. So it definitely made me stand out. So as they're looking through a sea of applications, my name, Janine S. Brand, would have been one that she stopped at because this other thing came in the mail from me. So that was like a way that... I was looking to stand out during my application process. But once I got in the firm, I forgot about standing out. Once I got there, I was like, okay, I'm here now. Now I need to blend in. I'm here now. Now I need to figure out what everyone else is doing and do the same thing. And I think for many of us, we forget about visibility after we land the job. So visibility is relevant both before and after. So during the application process, it's absolutely important for you to differentiate yourself and be able to demonstrate why you're good fit for the role. But even after, when you're in an organization, being visible is the thing that's going to help you to get promoted. Being visible is the thing that's going to help you to continue to grow within that organization. So just because you land the role and you're in the seat, like the journey isn't over. It shouldn't be like, okay, I don't need to worry. I don't need to update my CV or I don't need to worry about my LinkedIn now that I'm here. It's like, okay, but if you're here, if you're here now and you're trying to build something, if you're here now and you're trying to grow, if you're here now and you want to be a trailblazer within your industry, visibility, like we need to step it up because you want to be known within your organization and then you want to be known within your industry as somebody who has something to say or somebody who has a contribution to make to the wider work, right, around whatever it is that your subject matter is or whatever it is your, your practice area is or, or, or focus is. Uh, so when we're, when we're talking about visibility, it is about both before and after. It's about what are you doing in the hiring process to make sure that you're being visible by the types of organisations that you want to be hired by. And then Afterwards, what are you doing internally to make sure that the stakeholders that you want to know about, you know about you, the line managers, the CEO, the C-suite, like, do they know who you are? Do they know the value that you bring? Those are things that you want to be cognizant of. And those are things that you want to be intentional about. Uh, and so 
I wanted to just come on here and share with you that if you want to move forward in your career, you have two options. You can either wait for somebody to notice the amazing work that you've been doing and hope that an opportunity comes up and that they ask you, tap you on the shoulder, whether that be a headhunter or whether that be internally, or you can be intentional about it. You can be intentional about it and ask yourself, okay, what is it that I want? Where is it that I want to get to? Who is it that I want to be visible in front of, right? Who do, who do I want to know about me? Who do I want to know about my expertise? And make a point of creating opportunities for them to know about it, whether that be through conversations, whether that be through networking, whether that be through you actually like emailing them, whatever it is, like you have the opportunity to be known for what it is you want to be known for. And you don't just have to wait. Many of the women that I speak to get frustrated. Like when I'm working with people who are like, I want to, I want to leave. I need to go. I want to go and move to a different company. A lot of the time, what I've seen is, and I've, I've coached well over a hundred women at this point. Like there's a pattern that people get frustrated. They get, they get despondent they uh, disengage when they feel like they're not being recognized or they feel like they're not being appreciated for the work that they do. They feel like they're not being acknowledged. And so what happens is people then say, yeah, this organization, this team, like, I just need to go. I need to go elsewhere. But in so many instances, things could be different if they chose to be intentional about making sure that people know about them. Because at the end of the day, everybody's busy. So whilst you may say, well, they should know, they should be able to see me doing this work. I've been here working hard. It's like, yes. And everybody's got their individual like role that they're doing, their individual life that they're leading, their individual's stresses that they're dealing with. And so they may not be noticing all the things that you're doing. And so it's on you to make sure that people are seeing or people are aware of what it is you want them to be aware of. It's not necessarily always on them. And so when you're thinking about, I want to drive things forward in my career and I want to do that imminently, let's not rely on being passive. Like you can absolutely be active with it and move forward. So that's what I want to share with you today in this first of the series. But thank you so much for joining. Bye. Hey, 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 what I know to be true from working with over 100 amazing female professionals is that you may be the best kept secret in your organization, in your industry, in your space. And there are opportunities out there waiting for you. So if you are somebody who wants to take up one of those opportunities, if you want to make a big, bold move in the next three to six months and you want to do it in a way that isn't stressful, that isn't time consuming, that doesn't have you feeling burnt out, then lean in because the Career Changemaker program is back and we are looking to support 10 female professionals who are ready to move into a role with more impact, more meaning and more pay in the next three to six months. If you want to understand how to leverage your existing experience, how to position yourself to attract opportunities to you so you don't have to chase them and land a role that allows you to position yourself as a thought leader in your space, you want to apply for this cohort of the program. We start on the 1st of May and we will be running for three months and there are a limited number of spots. So if this sounds 
interesting to you, if this sounds like what you need right now in terms of support, then I encourage you to apply without delay. Head over to careerchangemakers.com forward slash CCM program, submit your application, I will review it. And if I think that the program could be a good fit, we can jump on a call and explore what that looks like. So make your application today, because we haven't got long before we get started. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, then I want to remind you that caring is sharing. Share this episode out with somebody else and head over to your podcast app to leave us a rating and review. For every rating and review that you leave, it helps us reach more people. It helps more people find the show. So I'd appreciate it if you go and do that right now. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.